Matthew chapter 6. I want to get into the Word this morning. How many came for the Word of God this morning? How many came to get something from God? How many were excited about Wednesday night? Amen. What an awesome message Pastor Chris brought. I looked last night on the online, Jeff, and we put that thing up about 4 o'clock yesterday afternoon, and we've got 20 hits on that message already in the last 12 hours or whatever. So uh, if you don't know, our messages are up online, and we got a lot of people who go back and listen to them over again. Uh, my brother-in-law that I'm so excited about what he's doing down in Costa Rica, I talked to him the other day again, and he rides the bike a lot. And I was just trying to kind of disciple him and tell him, you know, I didn't know what he was listening to when he rides. And I said, you know, make sure that you're listening to godly music. Put some praise and worship on or here's some groups you can listen to that will keep you pumped up while you're riding. And I was trying to tell him that. And he comes back at me with, well, every time I go ride, I'm listening to the messages. So it's so exciting to hear that he's hungry for the word. Amen. And he's already gone through all of the messages online and he's starting to listen to them again. So if you don't know, we've actually got our own podcast, too. Amen. That makes us big, big wigs now. Amen. Thank God Jeff is, is, is helping us with that. And uh, if you go on your phone and you go to an app, and, and this doesn't cost anything, so don't worry. Okay? I act like I'm going to sell you something. If you go to your app, if you have a smartphone, if you have a dumb phone, I can't help you. Amen? And if you've got an iPhone, you're almost dumb, but if you've got a droid, you, you're smart. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> If you, if, you got, if you have a smartphone, okay, whatever, whichever one it is, go to, the, to your store and hit uh, podcast. And you'll have some come up. It really doesn't matter which one you hit. And then once you open that and download it to your phone, you just put VWO. And our podcast will pop up and the home churches. So you can listen to both. And then you can just listen to You can subscribe to it and just listen to messages. Then if you can't get it on your phone, you can go online to VWOTexas.org. Go to audio sermons, and all the sermons are there online, and you can go back and listen to them again. So I would encourage you to do that, amen, especially when you can't be here. Um, and that's Like we said before, that's not a reason not to be here, but when you can't be here, it's there, amen. If you're sick or you're out, it's a good opportunity. Matthew six nineteen, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I want to ask how many believe what I've just read so far. Amen? And as we continue to read in a second, I want to give a little lay work for the message. But we've got to understand, church, as we're walking with God, that everything we're doing is not for here. We can't get caught up in the here. We've got to understand that we are working for something that is eternal, long-lasting. And a lot of times the world will pull on us and try to get us to, to live a life where we're so focused on here that we do nothing for heaven. And I know there's a balance. I know that we have to work. I know we have to go to school. I know we need to have a hobby. We need to have something that, you know, we, we can get an outlet on. We, there's all these things. I, we, we know that we, would, we should have a nice place to live, and we should have reliable transportation, and, and all those things that go without saying. But we've got to understand that God is more focused on where eternity's going and what's going to happen in eternity than what's going on down here on earth. And he does want us to be blessed, and he does want us to have good things, and he wants us to be prospered, but we've got to be heavenly minded. We've got to be thinking more about heaven. And the reason is, church, is this world and this life is short. We're not going to be here very long. And if you live to be 100 years old, you as just a blink of an eye in eternity. And so I challenge you this morning to begin to get a heavenly mind of working on things that are eternal. Then it goes down to verse 24, if you just follow with me for a few verses. This is kind of the text for what I want to go to. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. And Jesus said these words, you cannot serve God and mammon. Amen. He says, I need you to choose, do you love me or do you love stuff? How many here this morning in this place would say with me, without a doubt, that Jesus Christ is Lord? 
How many would say that? Amen. There's no doubt in your mind. You know that Jesus Christ is Lord. There's none above him. There's no other name above him. Every knee shall bow to that name. Every tongue will confess Jesus is Lord. Say that with me. Jesus is Lord. Amen. Do you believe that this morning? Amen. I believe that this morning. But I believe that God wants to ask us the question also. As we say Jesus is Lord, we say amen. But my question is, Jesus, Lord, over your stuff. Amen. So we've declared Jesus is Lord. And lots of people say that. Jesus is Lord. And they will proclaim that from the mountaintops. But God wants to come down. Jesus wants to come down and get inside our house. And he wants to see if he's Lord over our stuff. Can I preach about that this morning? Amen. I want, I want to talk a little bit about God's money, and I want to talk a little bit about faithfulness in giving to the Lord. Amen. And as I get into that, I know we've got some visitors, and it's always funny when visitors come in, and I'm going to preach a message on anything that has to do with money, because I know how people think, and I don't know the visitors that are here today, but I know that, that we'd have a stigma in the world, the church world, that the, all the church wants is money. And TV has hurt us, and all those things have happened. But I want to let you know, I sent a text to one of our new converts who's been here less than a year, right around a year almost. And I said, have I preached on tithing and offerings in the whole time you've been here? And they said no. So I have not preached a, a message on this for a year. I don't know if that sounds like very much to you. And as a matter of fact, I need to apologize because it's not enough. One time in the last year is not enough. Because we need, there's so many things we learn about the Bible, but you know what? Money is important. We need to know what God says about money and about our heart and where our heart is. I want to show you some facts that if you don't think that God understands the importance of money. In the New Testament, there's 500 verses that are devoted to prayer. That's a lot. Prayer is important. 500 verses are devoted to prayer, and 500 are devoted to faith. But did you know that there's almost 2,000 verses in the Bible that talk about money and our possessions and how we should handle them? So if we know prayer is important and we know faith is important, then we need to understand that God knows that Timothy says the love of money is the root of all evil. So God never said there's anything wrong with money. Money's good, and we need money. There's not one of you in here this morning that could not use some more money. And, and we're not. this isn't a message for you to get money. This isn't a message for you to go make a deal with God. But we all need more handling, better handling of our money. I don't know about you. I, if, if you and if you're here this morning, by the way, and you don't need more money, then I would love to meet you after church. Amen? And I would love to know what you're doing. Praise God. You could teach us, and I'll give you the microphone. We all need more, right? Am I right or am I wrong? Okay, I'm just making sure I'm talking to human beings this morning. So in the New Testament, there's a bunch of parables. How many have ever heard of the parables? There's 32 parables, and get this, almost half of the parables in the Bible talk about money. Half of them. 16 of 38 parables, sorry, I said 32, talk about finances, and Jesus, here's some that you've heard. The hidden treasure, the pearl of great price, the fishing net, the wicked tenant farmers, the marriage of the king's son, the rich fool, the parable of the talents, the unjust steward, Lazarus and the rich man, the servant and two, two masters, the two debtors, the widow's paying of the temple tax, the lost coin are just some examples that all talk about finances and how we should handle those things. God knows where our treasure is. And as a matter of fact, when you begin to hear a message about money, tithing and giving and offerings there's two types of people maybe three one is goes oh i'm gonna shut this off right now because i don't want to hear this another one says you know what i'm a little bit interested so i'll try to figure this out another one says yes i, I need to learn more about this because i want to be a good steward of my money i think those are the three types of people in here this morning some might have already shut off somebody said you know what I, I i came on the wrong day amen but this is something that's very, very important. Amen? A conversion that does not reach your wallet is not a full conversion. If God can get a hold of your heart, he gets a hold of your wallet. If God doesn't have a hold of your wallet, he doesn't have a hold of your heart. 
Is Jesus Lord this morning of your stuff? Now I want you to get your Bibles ready. I want to show you some scriptures. And some of these I'm going to read quickly for time. So write them down if you're taking notes. But I want to show you this morning, if we're talking about money, we say, how do, how do I do right on money? What's the plan? What's God's plan? We need to see what the scriptures say about money. And obviously, I don't have time this morning to go over 2,000 scriptures, which are in the Bible. But I want us to understand is we need to know, okay, what, what, what is it that God expects from me? What is it that God is asking for me and from me? And we get to see where, when we take up those tithes and offerings on a Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and it says, that verse in Malachi, and it says tithes, Lord's tithes. Sometimes people come into church and don't even know what that is. And so we can't expect people to do something they don't know what it is. And we want to teach you this morning. But there's so many principles is we must know what tithe is. And I want you to write this down if you are taking notes, God does not need our money. But he is interested in our hearts. And one of the ways God finds out if our hearts are right is if we're liberal with our money. Amen? If you go back to, I want you to open your Bibles to Genesis 14. I'm going to read a couple of verses to show you where the first tithe happened. But as you get back there, I want to show you that the Lord showed me a long time ago that the first principle of tithing, which I'm going to tell you, the, I'll tell you the definition right now in case some of you guys are saying, what in the world is that? Here's what the definition of tithe is. One-tenth of produce or earnings. To pay or give as a tithe is the verb. And it simply means, tithe simply means a tenth or 10%. Okay, that's simply what tithes means. And as we begin to walk in our walk, how many know that we have to have standards? We have to have parameters. We have to have, you know, there's certain people that say, hey, uh, I, don't think, I don't think it's wrong to smoke because I don't see the word smoking in the Bible. It's okay to smoke weed because I don't see that the Bible says you can't smoke weed. There's certain things in the Bible that you can go and say, you know what, I don't see that specifically, so it's okay. But there's certain things about giving we don't see specifically either, and God teaches us what he wanted to do. If God said in the Bible, hey, if we wouldn't even have mentioned it for one, I don't know how many believers would just begin to give just, just right out of their heart. They would just automatically just, you know, just give. I don't really believe that there's a lot of those. And I'm going to prove that in a second. Okay, don't, and hopefully that's not us. And I want to tell you that we are giving church. That's why we're here today. That's why the lights are on. That's, when I, that's why we're not one of the 700 churches that is closed down today, uh, this year, that are going to close down. I guarantee you 90% of the time the churches that close down is because they don't have money to keep the church open. We know there's fairs, there's problems, there's moral issues, there's lack of faith and all kinds of things, but money is what keeps the lights on. So we have to have something that says, well, if I, if I have something to give, what am I supposed to give? And we go back to Genesis, to the very beginning of God. How many know God gave his very best? We go all the way back to Genesis, and Genesis put the, uh, sorry, God put the Garden of Eden, and he said, I give you, now watch this, I want you to catch this. He says, I give you everything in the garden. Everything is yours. Okay, now who's the giver? God. So we can't say that the Garden of Eden was Adam and Eve's. God gave them the Garden of Eden. And he said, all of this is yours. Then he said, but. And he asked for something back from his people, Adam and Eve. He said, all of this is yours, but you cannot touch the tree of life. And that is exactly what God does with our finances. And I'm going to show you some verses in a second. God gives us everything we have. Everything we have comes from God. And then he says, but I, I want 10 of that back. I want to see where your heart is. It's yours. It's not mine anymore. I'm going to give it to you, but I expect you to not touch that because that's mine. And the reason I need that is so that I can fund the gospel. And he had a number that he put out. Could he have put 20? Could he have put 5? Could he have done something else? Of course. But we need something to go by. Amen? Because some might say, well, I'd give this or I'd give that. But God knows how we are. 
and we need something to go by. So just let me read a few verses. The first tithe mentioned is in Genesis 14, 18 to 20. Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of the God of God Most High, and he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of God Most High, of heaven, the God of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, sorry, possessor of heaven and earth, who has delivered your enemies into your hand, and watch what he did. And he gave him a tenth, sorry, a tithe of all. We see in Genesis 14, the very first tithe. Okay? Then you go on to Genesis 28. If you just flip over a few pages, or if you just want to listen and follow in with what I'm reading you this morning, you can go back and look at it later. It says in Jacob, Genesis 28, 20 to 22, Abraham, or Jacob follows Abraham by saying in verse 20, if God will be with me and keep me in this way that I'm going and give bread, me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. Now, I don't recommend his attitude this morning because his attitude was, if God, you do these things for me, then I'll give. I believe today, God, and I'm not saying Jacob's wrong. I'm just saying if you begin to watch other attitudes in the Bible, you're going to see that we love God this morning not because we loved him because he's so great. We loved him because he first loved us. And we, we give to him not expecting anything this morning. We give our lives back to him because he's already given so much. But he did say, if you do all these things, then the Lord shall be my God. And he says, and this, this stone which I've set as a pillar be God's house, and watch this, and all of that that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. Amen? So in two verses, in the first 28 chapters of Genesis, we see tithe. And we see people giving 10% of all they have. Okay, that's just the, 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 the groundwork to get you started on where I want to go. Now I want you to go and, and to Malachi chapter 3, and then I want to take you to some other verses after that. And again, there, I, I need to fight against this morning teachings that are going on today. How many know there's a lot of different teachings? So you've got a lot of people teaching a lot of different things. This, this, we live in a world, that, in the United States, that's split down the middle, 50-50, right? We're the same way in the church. And every, every, it seems like every topic you bring up in the Bible, you're going to find churches that are in favor of it, churches that are against it. And you go to any topic you bring, and you're going to have biblical things behind it, but how many know we've got to take the whole counsel of God on everything that's in the Word? Amen? So we begin to read in Malachi 3 here in a second, but I want to show you an alarming statistic of why I'm talking about this this morning. Nudge your neighbor and say, wake up, God's going to speak to you this morning. Amen. Malachi chapter 3. Right before I read this, check this out. This is going to blow you away. 53% of Christians this month have not given anything to their church in the United States. That's a statistic. 53%, half of the church today has not given anything to their church this month. Nothing. All right, I'll move on. You guys are kind of staring at me kind of weird. We're seeing here in the Bible, it, it, you know, it's amazing how church exists and makes it, but it's by the grace of God. Amen. In the last 40 years, the average giving in the church has not been 10%. And this is from an individual. How many know we're in a day with technology? We can get numbers real quick and real easy. Everything that's done in the church today has gone into a computer. We, we know at the end of the year what we give, by, by our giving receipt comes back to us. And you know exactly what you've given unless you didn't mark it, and that's your thing. But amen, God set it up to where you could get credit and you could get a tax refund or a tax deduction on that, and everything's numbers. And for the last 40 years, the average giving, not tithe, from the person in church has been 3%. Average. 3%. Even though God says in his word we should give 10 as a tithe and that that other 7% isn't even ours, people are giving 3%. And we think we don't need a standard to go by. 
You know, that make, you know what that makes me think of this morning? I'm not going to ask who has credit cards. We know that credit cards are a problem. I know that they could, they're needed sometimes. I'm not going to get into all that stuff. But if you have a credit card or you've ever had a credit card, amen, and you get that bill, and hopefully you're using it right and you're not spending money you don't have. But if you get that bill and it shows an amount, there's something that says minimum amount due. And I could go into all kinds of statistics this morning of the Americans especially who are living off the paying the minimum amount due on their credit cards. Even people who have credit cards pay a minimum. I can't get a credit card statement, and, and, and when I get it, and I don't have one, thank God, but if I had one, I get the statement. I've had them in the past. If I get a statement for a credit card and I have $500 on there and it tells me minimum payment due $50, I can't send 30 in. How many are following me? I can't just give what I want. There's a minimum payment due because I'm on credit. We could go into how much credit we are on with God, amen, but I'm not even trying to go there. I'm just trying to get us to have an attitude of how much God has done for us and then I'm going to try to my best to see what his word says and I'm going to try my best to obey his word this morning because I want us to be people, I want us to be a church that obeys the word of God. Amen. And so as you get into Malachi 3, here's what's funny. As I begin to read this and I go against the thoughts of people that are t things that are taught today, most people will tell you, oh, everybody talks about Malachi chapter 3. Oh, why they always bring up Malachi 3? Okay? Well, my question is, why does everybody bring up John 3.16 for salvation? Why do people say stuff like that? Because their heart's wrong. Immediately. Why do you go to certain verses because, there's, because what they say is the clearest verse on what we're talking about? Amen. And people will say, that's what they use, and they've got all these different things, and so Malachi 3, watch what this says. This is a prophetic book. It's the last book of the Bible, and we're going to start in verse 6. He says, I'm the Lord, and I do not change. So if God established something in Genesis, how many know in Malachi he hasn't changed? And today he hasn't changed either. And he says, therefore, you're not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Yet from the days of your fathers, he says, you've gone away from my ordinances. You know what are some other ordinances that we have? Baptism in the water, communion. Amen. Those are ordinances. Those are things that we do that are in the Bible that we should do, that we should follow. And so is giving. He says, but you've not kept them. And he says, return to me, verse 7, and, and I will return to you. Some of you in here this morning, before I continue reading, are saying, God, what went wrong with my money? I know what went wrong with your money. You're not giving God his money. Amen. <laughs> are you here? Well, I see people all the time. I don't understand. They're scratching their heads. They're trying to figure things out. They don't understand why things aren't working. And I ask them, do you tithe? Most of the time, it's not a quick response. I know they don't. And I go, okay. That's all I got to say is just ask them that. And it doesn't mean that if you are a covenant person with God and understand giving and tithe, that you're not going to have problems. No one said that. But boy, when you get into God's economy, man is in an amazing thing to see what God can do. Because we serve a supernatural God. Amen? With supernatural money. Supernatural power. And all he's asking us to do is come back to the way things are supposed to be. Then he says in verse 8, but you said, and what shall we return? He says, what have we gone away from? And this is, probably wasn't the only thing, but look what he says here in verse 8. Will a man rob God? Now, I'm not coming at you this morning with a mad face or anger or pointing my finger in your face and telling you, you know, you're a bunch of thieves, and I'm not doing that, amen? I've, I, I've heard people say, hey, did you know that there's a bunch of stolen cars out in that parking lot this morning? What? People that are paying their car payment with God's money. Right? I, there's all kinds of things people say, and there's truth to it. I'm not trying to be mean this morning. I'm not pointing my finger at you. I'm trying to teach you how important it is to be in covenant with God in your finances. You're, Jesus is Lord, but is he Lord of your stuff? 
Then he says, will a man rob God? He says, you have robbed me. And we say, in what have we robbed you? I don't know how much clearer God can be when he says, in some stuff. What what does he say there? Are you looking at your Bibles? Tell me what the words are he says we've robbed him in. Tithes and offerings. I, I won't even probably have time to get into offerings this morning. I'm just talking about the tithes. And he says both. He says, for you've robbed me, and he says, even this whole nation. And watch this, verse 10. It's on your tithe envelope, but it's not there just because it looks pretty. Here's a promise from God. Say promise from God. Does anybody like the promises of God? We love the wrath, but we don't like the promises. Amen? We, I mean, Sorry, we love the promises, but we don't like the wrath. So I was just making sure you, see, I didn't get no amens. You're listening. Remember, I'm hearing a voice in my head before I speak, so I'm a little messed up. He says, here's what I want you to do. For you to return to me, he says, I want to bless you. I don't know of any parent that doesn't want to bless their children. Not a good one. And I definitely don't know of a God that doesn't want his kids excited and serving him and happy and blessed. Because God doesn't get a whole lot of glory when we're not blessed. Come on, be honest. I'm not saying he doesn't allow it to happen. I'm not, not saying there's not times of brokenness. That's a whole other message. But I know God's glory comes, especially when he sees us happy and fulfilled and with something we can give to help somebody else. Are you following me? What does he say? Bring all the tithes into where? The storehouse. What's the storehouse? The church. Wherever you're being fed. Now, I want to throw a note out here this morning. I'm going to chase a little rabbit. It doesn't say bring all your tithe into the storehouses. That doesn't mean you tithe in different places. It means brought all this tithe into the storehouse. Storehouse is where you're being fed. It's where you're at. It's tithe is not for ministries. Tithe is not for, for giving food to the children. Tithe is for the church so the church can be here. Offerings are for a whole nother thing. But if we don't have tithes, this building cannot be here this morning. It's impossible. I mean, I've joked about this before. I can't call Denton, Denton Municipal Utilities that left a phone answer machine on the phone the other day saying, hey, reminder, your, phone, your electric bill's due. I can't call them back and say the people aren't giving. Now listen, I'm not saying that for right now. I'm just giving you an example. I can't call them back and say that. I'll pay you when we get the money. You know what they're going to do? We're going to be in here with candles. Amen? We'll be outside in the rain. I'm just saying. He says, I need need the money to come into my storehouse so this can exist. The question is, has, has God's house blessed you? Are you happy to be sitting in a chair this morning? Are you happy to have some air on? Are you happy to be around some people listening to the word of God in this morning? These things cost money. So God established it so his church could exist. So he says, Bring all the tithes. I want you to underline that word, all the tithes. It means 10% of your income. It means when money comes into your hands, you give 10%. And all kinds of people, I'm going to just touch a few things that people ask. Well, am I supposed to tithe on this? And am I supposed to tithe on that? And how much do I tithe on? And do I... When you get paid, if you're, here's an example. If you have a $500 a week salary, just for an example, but 400 and something comes home, you tithe off what you get in your hand. The rest is the government's. So if 450 comes home, you, you make five, you pay off of 450. That's what comes into your bank account. That's yours. How many are following me? Now, if you want to tithe off the whole thing, I don't think God's going to get mad. You can't be in trouble on the other side of giving too much. I'm not going to get to heaven and hear God say, you know what? You gave too much, you dummy. He's not going to say that. You can't outgive God. So be on the safe side. If I get 450, come home a month, it's deposited into my bank account, direct deposit, like it is nowadays with so many people, then right off of that 450, I take all the tithes and I give them to the storehouse. And I'm walking in covenant with God. But here's what a lot of people do. Because they don't know. They get paid. And the same day they get paid, there's a bill. That's due. Maybe past due. 
But I want to teach you what the Bible says here in the second, where, where there's a word that's very important. God gave his only son. God didn't give his second or third or fourth son. God didn't never give us any leftovers. God is a God of, watch this, first fruits. Meaning the top. Meaning the best. Meaning first. Right? So when I get paid and that 450 comes into my bank account, even if I've got bills to pay, the first bill I have is my tithes. Because it's called first fruits. Because what happens if I start to say, well, I need to pay the electric that's 100 and the phone that's 50. I got to buy some groceries. I got to pay the car payment. <clears throat> you come back to your bank account and you go to pay your tithes. There's not $45 in there anymore. There's 20. And then what we do is we take 10 of the 20 and we put that in and we call it tithe. Come on, I'm not mad. I'm just teaching you this morning. That's not tithe. You can, you can, listen, you can make all the excuses you want, and you can say all the bills you have, and you can do whatever, you can talk till you turn blue. It's not going to be 10%. It's not going to please God, and it's not going to get you in covenant with the Lord. How many are following me so far? Well, what do I do? How do I do this? I'm such a mess, I don't even know where to start. Start today. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day where his mercies are new. Today, from this moment, well, I sell a house. If I sold a house for $200,000, I'm not going to tithe off the $200,000 because I paid, I paid money for the house. But tithe off the equity. But tithe off what's mine. I made money on the house. If I bought a car and sold it and made money on the car, I'm tithing. Look, there's a lot of things that people can say, well, I don't know about that and I don't know about this. I personally am tithing on it because God's not again going to slap my hand and tell me you gave me too much. If I have income come to me, I'm tithing on it. I'm giving God what hit. You know why? Because I'm beginning to show him what Matthew 6, 33 says. We were in that in Matthew 9, 20, 19, 24, and then we were going to go down and I didn't get to it. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. When I get money and I think of my tithe first, I'm thinking of God first. Right? I'm saying, God, I realize that the job I have, you gave me. I realize that the, that the job I have, and I gotta get, I'm getting ahead of myself, but let me stay there in Malachi 3, but let me read you another verse that's really important. The earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. And the world and all those who dwell in. That means everything I have is God's. Psalms 24.1. John 3.27 says, A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. Some people say, I got a job. No, you didn't. God gave you a job. Well, what about the people in the world? You want to start talking about the world? Go ahead. I'm not talking about people in the world. Amen? Because they're going to pay the fiddler when they stand before him. Talking to people who believe in Jesus Christ as Lord of their life. Once you get saved and you give your life to Jesus, you begin to talk different. You begin to give glory to God for the things that happen to you that are good. You begin to realize that what I have is not mine. It's God's. And when I begin to have a kingdom mentality that says, God, I understand that if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have legs and arms and a body and air, and I couldn't get a job, and I wouldn't have a car, and I wouldn't have a house to, ha to get to live in, to go to work, to pay for. I understand everything's yours, God, and first things are first. And you can even get to where I know a lot of people in this church are because I want you to understand this morning, we are a giving church. I'm, this, I'm encouraging you. Some, some haven't learned to give. Some are giving and need to learn to give better. Some are inconsistent. There's all kinds of different things. But you're a giving church and you understand. And sometimes it's just a matter of a decision. It says, I got I to gotta get this thing fixed. I got to get this right. My heart's right, but it's not lined up with the, with the priorities yet. And I've got to get it right. But when I say first, God, you're first. Everything you, you is first. God begins to fall in love with my heart. He says, if I can get that person's heart, I can get everything they have. He says, you can't serve two masters. 
You can't come to church, praise your, hand, raise your hands, praise the Lord, and not love God, but love money. He says you can't serve both. And so once we get saved, we say, God, I'm no longer my own, I'm yours. James 1.17 says, every good and get perfect gift is from above. Comes down from the Father of lights with, with whom there's no variation or shadow of turning. So how many have some good things this morning? I'm not asking you the bad things. We all have those too. How many have some good things this morning? Who gave that to you? God. Period. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. So, so go finish this verse with me here. He says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Why? That there may be food in my house. And watch this. He says something, and I, I be, remember that I'm teaching this as if people don't know. I know some of you know this. But how many know that we're not supposed to test God? That's a scary thing. Don't test the Lord. Jesus said not to test God. But here we are. Does this mean that he's contradicting himself? No, this means there is one area that you can. One time in the Bible, in one area, he says, test me in this. Watch what he says. And prove me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, that I will not open up for you the windows of heaven. And pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And then 11 is really important. Have you ever wondered why your car breaks down? You ever wondered why you're working on a message and the computer freezes up? You ever wondered why you're doing something important and things just go haywire? Because there's something called the devourer who's like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. And he's seeking everybody. He's not, he's, not, he's not going, well, they're tithers and they're not tithers. He don't know the difference. He's just seeking. And when he smells blood, he attacks. And so a lot of times things happen that we don't understand and don't make sense. But God says right here in his word that I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. That means if you are a covenant tither and you give the first fruits of all your income, he says, I will not allow him to destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And last time I checked, my God cannot lie. And somebody say amen. God cannot lie. So if he says... I will rebuke the devourer. That means that, you know what? Some people would say, oh, that means my car's never going to break down. Wrong. Wrong. It means that when it breaks down, somehow, and I see some heads nodding, and I love it, because some of you know what I'm talking about. Somehow, I move from what I can do I move from what I can afford. I move what I, from what I think I could take care of. I move out of this realm that's me, and I get into this realm called supernatural, where God says, I'm going to go ahead and take care of this in a way that's going to make you scratch your head, in a way that's going to tell you all you can do is lift up your hands and say, my Redeemer lives. I don't know how in the world that check just came out of nowhere. I don't know how somebody just bought me that tire. I don't know how in the world my fridge just started working again. All these supernatural things begin to happen because we serve a supernatural God that says, if you'll test me in this, I will show myself faithful. I cannot lie. And I've got some people in here that I could give the microphone to that over and over, listen, I'm not lying. You know that my memory fails me sometimes with names and stuff, but I could write a book all the times in 20 years. I have. Matter of fact, I, I didn't do it on purpose, but about 15 years ago, I just stopped trying to remember them all. I should have wrote them down. I just, I got to a place where, you know, when you first start doing something, you're like, oh, I want to remember that, and I remember that. I've, that's so long ago, I don't even need to remember those things anymore. I know my God is going to supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. I don't need a message to pump me up. I know my God's going to supply. I don't think about tithing. I don't think about, well, should I or could I? I can't afford to not pay my tithes. Because I cannot beat the devourer on my own. I need help. 
And God says, if you will just watch this and write this down, and I talked about this in discipleship on Friday, if you will just trust. Write it in big, bold letters. Trust. Trust. I'm going to close with this verse this morning. Write it down. Go to Proverbs 3 with me. We read this in the discipleship, and I want to read it again. I've only gotten into a little bit of my notes, but I want to read this to you. Proverbs 3. See, when you begin to talk about money, there's a lot of things that can be taught. You know, Dave Ramsey is doing an awesome job today. Hopefully one day we can do, I know the home church does a, a, a school with, the, with his principles. I'd love to see everybody in our church out of debt. I'd love to see every one of us without credit cards filled up. I'd love to see us not own our, car, own our cars outright. I'd love to see all that, and we can get there. But you can't get to those places until you do the basics. God says, I, I want to give you much, but I can't do that if you can't be faithful in the little. He says, I need you to get some principles first, and then I, I can do all kinds of things. I don't know about you, but I'd love to not have a house payment. I'd love to not have a car payment. I'd love, to, I'd love to have so much money in my wallet right now. If any one of you had a need, I'd just whip it out and give it to you. I'd just give you what you need. What do you need? Here. I want to be there. I don't have a selfish heart. I'm generous. I want to give more. I have, I have a, my goals in my office that I would love to give $100 a service. That's a lofty goal, but I'm shooting for the stars so I don't come up with a fistful of mud. Amen. I'm, I want to give. I'm the kind of person in this. If you do this, don't worry about it. I'm not, I'm not downing you. But if I make, you know, a certain amount, I don't, go to the t- I don't go to the pennies on that thing. I'm rounding up. I round up on my giving. Amen. I'm giving more. I'm giving above and beyond. I'm making sure that it, just in case it was 10.2, I don't want to miss out. Amen. I read it wrong or something. I'm going to be sure that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. It's trust. I said this Friday, and it's really been in my spirit the last few months. When you say I have faith in something, okay, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Faith is believing in something you cannot see. And without faith, we have nothing. But I thought, I began to think, and God's been really showing me, that trust is the glue that holds faith together. Because when, when we have faith for something and we believe for something and we, we say, I believe in that, I got a whole, I don't know about you, but I got a whole lot of promises in God's word that I still haven't seen fulfilled yet. But I still have faith. I still, listen, believe. Watch this. I still believe, but here's the problem. Just believing's not enough because the Bible says the demons believe too. So it's not enough just to believe. I got to go a step further and get to a place that in my spirit, not only do I believe, I trust in God. I trust him. Job 13, 15, he's sitting in a pile of ashes. His kids are dead and his wife's left him. He's scraping boils with a piece of clay. And he says, God, though you slay me, I'll still believe in you. Though you slay me, I will trust you. That's the difference. When it comes to finances, listen, church, you're going to have to have some times when you write a tithe check that's going to bounce. Just kidding, don't do that. Cost the church money. You have got to believe that when you pay that money, so you know, let me, let me just give you a revelation. Your tie check won't bounce because you're paying it first. So the money's there. Woo! It's there. You just got paid. You have to have some faith to believe that when you pay your tithe, by the time you get to the other bills, it's there. Can anybody in here, with just the raising of their hand, I'm talking about some people who have had some experience, say, I'm telling the truth. Just raise your hand. I'm not lying. You've seen it. You've lived it. You've watched it. You've seen it happen. Amen. That's testimony. 
that God is faithful. Now watch this, Proverbs 3, verse 6 says these words, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now watch this. This is when you tithe and you put your tithe in the church to God and you say, God, here it is. Here's the next thing. And lean not on your own understanding. Because here's what you've got to get. It doesn't make sense. It don't make sense. It doesn't add up. God's a God of numbers so much that he has a book written after it, but God's numbers don't line up. I've had times in my life that my bills, I've made steps of faith, and my bills were more than what I had coming in on a monthly basis. It didn't line up. And people would tell me, you are an idiot. You are stupid. You can't give God money. You can't tithe. And I was so stupid, I did it. And somehow, my, I asked my wife the first time we went full-time ministry many, many years ago. Our bills were about $500 more a month than our income. Yet for six months, I never missed a bill. How? I don't know. I'd be lying if I could tell you how. I don't know how. Well, that's not good stewardship. That's not good money. You're calling God a liar. He says, give first fruits. Maybe we're the people that put ourselves in the position that we can't do anything. But that's a whole other message. Amen. But you know what God can do? If you begin to tithe and give God what's his, he can begin to dig you out of that hole that you are in right now. That no creditor and no, no, sermon, no conference and no anything else can get you out of. God can begin to dig you out of that hole. And God can begin to make debt disappear. So you lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him. Watch this. And he shall direct your paths. Musicians, you can come this morning. I don't want to abuse time. He says, don't be wise in your own eyes. When I say I, I can't afford to tithe, I'm being wise in my own eyes. I'm saying God doesn't know what he's talking about. I, God can't take care of this. I'm not, keep reading with me. Don't close your Bibles. I probably should have told you not to close your Bibles. I'm going to have to start doing a wink. And then I'll get in trouble because some lady will be in front of the musicians and think I'm winking at her. Seems like when I say musicians come, it's like, <laughs> start looking at the menu of wherever you're going to eat. Or you're thinking about the pot that's on the oven. I don't know. Listen. Verse 9 of Proverbs 3. You've heard Pastor Andrews read it a bunch of times. He says, honor the Lord with your possessions. There's an honor that says, God, this is not mine. And he says, honor the Lord with your possessions, Proverbs 3, 9. And with the first fruits of all your increase. With the first fruits of what? All your increase. So your barns, we don't have barns today, we have banks, will be filled with plenty. And your vats will overflow with new wine. There's going to be more than enough. The Amplified Version says, Honor the Lord with your capital and insufficiency and with the first fruits of all your income. God wants us to have a righteous, sanctified wallet and bank account. We can't say, you know, there's, there's people that God blesses to make lots of money. We can't sit here and go, well, how come they make more than me? And how can they and you question things? A lot of people today are going to have to answer to God, not Christians. Lots of people today are going to have to answer to God. And they stand before him without a Savior. And they say, I was wealthy. I made money. Because Deuteronomy 8.17 says, my power. And my strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. No, that's not what it says. It says, remember the Lord God, for it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Does anybody in here ever dream of having more? Of being a blessing? Of giving? Amen. We should dream that. We should want to give more. 
And if, if, if you're not tithing and doing what you're supposed to do, you, that'll never be a reality. But if you'll be a tither and a covenant person with God, let me tell you this word, the sky's the limit on what God can do with you. God's not trying to get money from you. He's trying to get money to you. All he's asking for is simple obedience. I would encourage some of you this morning to get back on that. You know, Pastor Chris preached that masterpiece message Wednesday night about the cutting edge. Maybe you've lost your cutting edge on your giving. Maybe you used to be a giver. Maybe you used to be faithful and somehow, some way, you got off of that and you stopped giving and you're not being faithful anymore. God's saying, look, I want you back. I want to, I've got more things for you. I've got more blessings for you. I've got more provision for you. Church, let me give you one last fact. And, and those of you that go to this church know, other than what my dad does when he gets up and reads a scripture for tithes and offerings, that's all we do. We don't, we don't have gimmicks. We don't have these crazy, we're not trying to sell things to you. We're just preaching the gospel, believing for lives to be changed. Remember when Jesus ran into the, to the temple and threw tables all over the place? It's because they weren't doing what they're supposed to be doing in church. They had turned the church, a house of prayer, into a thief, den of robbers. It means they were, they were no longer trusting in God's economy. They were trying to do things on their own. And God wants us to get back to the basics that if, if everybody in our church that has an income, I know there's people in here that don't have jobs. And then you want a job. Well, make a pact today. Then when I get a job, I will tithe. And I promise you, God will give you a job. I promise you. If you're here and you say, well, I get a, I get a little money here and there every once in a while. If you get $30, start putting that $3 in. And watch what God does. Some people go, well, I'll, I'll give a bunch when I get a bunch. No, you won't. You're wrong. Because if you can't give $3, you're not going to give 300 He says, if you're faithful with the little, then I'll give you the opportunity to be faithful with much. And so this morning, we need to rededicate our hearts to the Lord because here's a fact. If we would all as a body do our job and give what we're supposed to give individually as a family, as a church, as people, there'd never be a need in this church, ever, ever. Because you heard the stats. 56% of Christians this month have not given anything to the church. And the church in general is giving 3%. When he said 10, what could the church do if the 10 came in? It wouldn't be month to month. You say, well, I live month to month. The church should live month to month. <laughs> Thanks for that attitude. <laughs> God bless you. Amen. You see what we give. You see we give around the world. We give tithes off of what comes in to missions. And man, one day we're going to hear these words. At least this is what I want to hear. Matthew 25, 21. Well done. Good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. This is Matthew 25, 21. Listen to this. Come and share. Someone's going to get excited about this. Come and share in your master's happiness. Woo! Are you thinking about what I'm thinking right there? God creator of the universe is going to share with us his happiness man that is a promise that is unbelievable father thank you for your word